This is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons with each other. With each other. Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition, Dungeons and Dragons adventure. I'm your dungeon master and host. I'm Paul. You should know me by now. Why is there so much gravity in your voice, Paul? That's because I feel it. It's heavy. And uh, as you all can tell, I am joined tonight by my four friends and players. Hey guys, it's Jeremy. I play Lorik Darkbolt. I'm Jeffrey, and I play Servants Off the Wall. I'm Alan, and I play Jim. I'm Red, and I play Kellen. We are the Make Believe Heroes. Why so serious, everyone? Why everyone's serious? Why? I don't understand. Everyone's scared. Everyone's scared. So, to alleviate your fear, let me roll this giant d20 and let you know. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow, I rolled a six. Yes. Yes. That means that six of us <gasps> are going to die. <laughs> yes. Only six of you. Only six out of four of you. <laughs> okay. That's a lot. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, there are six if you count Saloon and Guy. So, got to count and Charlie. And Charlie, so seven with Charlie. Technically, eight with Roan. <laughs> one of us will live. Somebody is going to survive. So, last time we played, our group faced a difficult challenge there at the doorway to the stairs leading up to what is presumably the final path to the tree. There, they were met with some undead sentinels set forth to keep people from traveling beyond them and up the stairs. It was a grueling battle, and few things went a little bit sideways. For one, Lorik, seeing an opportunity to escape this battle and make a break right for the tree, decided to fly up above the enemies, into the staircase, and up away from his friends, leaving them behind. Saluan, Charlie, Guy, Vance, Kellen, and Jim. Sir Vance took down the supposed leader of these undead sentinels, a dwarven figure, who was casting spells, but the remaining enemies seemed like no small challenge. When we ended last time, Kellen threw his box boat at one of the enemies, <laughs> the uh, Get armored, sword-wielding undead, yelled out the magic word, Boyd, and <laughs> Jim and Sluin hit the floor as this boat shifted into the air and then crashed into this undead figure's head which was then turned about three-quarters away around or something like that. So we begin right there in the initiative order. Kellen just went, having thrown the box boat, and it is now the Wraith's turn. Here we go. It picks itself up off the floor up onto its knees. It has dropped its sword. It's dropped anything that it had in its hands, and it reaches up, and with a sickening crack, it straightens its head on its body. Wow. It picks itself up, and turning around, you notice that one of its arms has been torn free from the rest of its body. It's still hanging on by just like a shred of meat, but the bone is sticking out and has been completely dislocated from his shoulder. With his other hand, he leans down, and he grabs his sword. That sounds like all of his actions. That's it. And then he uses his bonus action. (laughs) (laughs) No. Which allows him to make one weapon attack. So instead of the usual three attacks he can make, he's going to make... One, and down on their knees next to him are Saluan and Jim. Oh, no. Jim Jim is bleeding. Jim looks very, very ill. And this right steps forward, and he is going to attack you, Jim, bringing his longsword down into your back. Excellent choice. I cast Make It Not Hit. Does a 19 hit your AC? (laughs) Nah. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It does. (laughs) Jim, you take eight... We're going to call it piercing damage, even though it's typically slashing, because he sticks the sword into your back. Uh, I am impaled and instantly die. And you're knocked out? I am, yes. Okay. I'm going to roll the extra damage, even though it's not going to take you. But you would actually take an extra five necrotic damage. Well, I died. A total of 13 damage. So this sword sticks into your back, Jim, and just before you black out, you feel this pulse of sickening energy enter into your body. Your eyes roll back in your head and you slump onto the ground, unconscious, bleeding out onto the dirt. It's your turn. (laughs) 
Okay. So I want to make one of those saves of the death variety. Yes. Please survive. I roll a 17. Okay. Well, that is a success. So you have one success, one successful death save. Yeah, I do. So Saluan is beside you on her knees. Looking over, she sees as this sword comes down into your back and she lets out a cry of, no, as it is piercing through your body and your eyes roll back and you go limp. She starts like twitching all over. She she seems weird. Uh, the only people that are really around to notice it is Kellen and Servants, who are close enough that if you were to stop and look at her, which you're probably looking that way with Jim having just been stabbed and almost killed, but you can see as she is gathering herself, picking herself up off the floor, and she draws her longsword, and she says, Feyerin, and she swings her longsword at the wraith. Oh, no. And it's a hit. Come on, Sluin. Ooh, two-handed. She hits this guy for 12 damage. Mm. I like it. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. Now it's Guy's turn. Guy, seeing what's going on, he is shocked to his core. He sees Jim on the ground. He's looking around. He's terrified. He doesn't know what to do. He's he's looking at Servants over there locked into combat with some of these other wraiths that have been called forward. He looks up to the staircase where Lark has been gone now for a few seconds. Not knowing what to do, he, he holds his wand. He points upward toward the staircase, and he says a message. Lark, Jim is down. I'm not sure we're going to make it. And Lorik, he casts the spell message. And based on the distance that you've traveled, because I think you've only actually been leaving the steps now for one round, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that you could probably have gotten somewhere between 60 and 120 feet away from him. And 120 feet is the maximum range of this. So he is going to roll and see if his spell is strong enough to reach you. Okay. Okay. That is a 10. Mm-hmm. So Lord doesn't get a message. I'll tell you what. Why don't you roll for me? Roll me an insight check. Okay, that sounds good. So that's a six on the dice. So he rolled a ten as well. Lorik, you feel as you're you're flying up through the darkness, and with your dark vision, you're you're able to see pretty well through here. But you're flying up, up, up through the staircase, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, because you can't just fly straight up. It's like an encapsulated staircase on either side, leading up from one direction and then up in the other direction. And you feel a slight buzzing in your ear. I'm going to say that you hear somewhat of a message. You hear your name. I hear Lorik. You heard Lorik, and then you just hear stuttering words you hear Jim and and that's about it it's hard to make out lovely I hear stuttering words and Jim that would cause me to slow like I know they were see Lorik thought that they would be able to handle it the fact that he's getting a message worries me so whenever he gets the message he's gonna immediately point his broom back in the direction he came and he's gonna double move that way okay I mean that's your call I feel like cause here's the deal Lork is leaving and going up there, not with the intention of leaving them to all to die to hold off the monsters for mm-hmm. him. Right. He's going ahead in that, oh, they're going to be able to plow through these guys. I'm going to go save the tree. For sure. No, I, I get what you're doing, and I, I get why Lark would do that. Okay. He's going he's gonna to try to fly back out, and he doesn't want to like go down into range of everyone. He wants to be where he can cast spells from the, the mouth of the staircase is what he's wanting to do. Okay. I'll say that as we roll back around into the next round, you'll fall back into the initiative order, and you'll be at the bottom of the staircase, okay? Sounds good. Sir Vance, it is your turn. Who? Okay. Sir Vance, off the wall. Who's around me? I'm pretty sure that you were coming up on some of these other wraiths and such. I don't like them. I don't know if you're actually right up next to anyone. Well, I want to get next to them. Okay, in your movement, you could get to the ones that are over by Charlie. I'm going to kill them. There are two wraiths over there. Two of them? Yes. Right next to each other and next to Charlie. I'm going to go over to them. Okay. And I'm going to attack them. Okay. I'm going to run over there as fast as I can and just swing at the closest one. With my Odachi. Odachi? Yes. Do it. It's a 19. That is a hit. Roll me that DiMaggio. Awesome. That's two ones plus five. Oh, wow. Wow. So seven damage. Okay. And I will use my second attack on him. Okay. Natural 20 
Ooh. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. Beautiful. Okay. Roll me that damage. Let's see. 46. Not 46, Alan. 46. <laughs> you headed me off of the pass. 4d6. That's 20 damage. Oh. Holy crow. Buckets of damage. You bring the Adachi down across one, but he sort of turns to face you as he does, and it, it cuts through his chainmail, but it definitely stops some of that damage from getting through to, the other, to him. The other one was not expecting you there, and it spins on its foot, and just you bring your sword right across his shoulder, and when you do, it lops one of his undead arms off. Oh. It wasn't his sword arm, but still. It was his shield arm. Nice. So his arm and shield are now lying on the ground. Is that the end of your turn? It is. Now it is Kellen's turn. Woo! And we are back to the top of the initiative order. So, uh, Lark, you will go after Kellen. Yay! Okay, so Servants just attacked the the wraiths over by Charlie, right? So uh, That's accurate. I'm going to go after the one that is after Jim. But how far away am I? I didn't think I was that far. You're not that far. I mean, you threw your box boat at him last time, so. Okay. I'm going to drop my longbow, and I'm going to run up in front of Jim, and I'm going to attack him with both my dual-wield swords. My short swords. Okay. All right. So first one, that is a 12 plus 7. I believe that is a hit. Woo. All right. Next one. That's a 11 plus 7. Is that an 18? Uh, yeah. It's a 19. That hits. All right. So two D6s. Uh, I got a five and a two. Uh, plus four. So that's 11 damage. Yeah. And he's also got your hunter's mark on him still, right? Yeah. Sorry. I have to... I think that's a D6. All right. That's a six. That's Whoa. a six. Whoop. Whoop. Very nice. Okay. So you run up slashing both swords across his chest, and he pulls his sword <laughs> out of Jim good to Ouch. sort of try and come up and parry but he's only got one arm his balance is a little off also he's a zombie so he doesn't do a good job of protecting himself as you come at him blade swinging charlie is over there next to servants and he is going to make an attack on the one that servants slashed first that still has both of his arms so roll me a bite attack all right that's a natural 20 oh, oh, oh yes. yeah so he's going to roll 2d6s plus 3. Okay. I got a 6 and a 2. Okay, so that is 8 plus 3 is 11 damage. Whoa. Yeet. He jumps onto this undead zombie. And if you all remember, I told you before that Charlie's kind of bigger than normal. There's something about this place that has souped him up. And he brings his teeth down, sinking them deep into the throat of this undead wraith. And it tries to use its shield to sort of hold him off. But Charlie just bites off like, I don't know, roughly 73% of this thing's neck. And his head rolls off the back of his body. And he is down and dead. Yo, Charlie. Lorik, it is your turn. Okay, so how many enemies are still left? Two. One by Cervantes, and there's one over by Jim, Saluin. And uh, Kellen. Kellen's over there. Oh, yeah, Kellen right over there. I just hit them. I hit him. What do you want to do? Uh, at first level, I would like to cast uh-huh. Magic Missile at the Sword Skeleton Dude. Okay, the main wraith that they're fighting? Yes. Get, get away from my friends. You all hear a voice call out from above you. That's 11 points of damage. And then you see three magical force darts come flying from the darkness and crash into this wraith figure for 11 points mm. of DiMaggio. Wearing them out. Do you remain where you are? Yep. Just floating there in front of the stairs. All right. Jim. Should I roll a die? Yes. I got a 13. Okay. That is two death saving throws, both of which were successes. Yeah, we're going to live. It is Saluin's turn. Saluin, seeing that Kellen is now locked into combat with this guy, she is going to, see, looking down, seeing you, Jim, she falls down and puts her hands over the wound on your chest. She closes her eyes. And gives you mouth to mouth. So she falls down, placing her hands over the wound on your chest, and she says, I'll save you, Feyeren. And she casts Cure Wounds. What does she say? 
Kellen, are you catching all this? I'll save you for Yerin. How much do I heal? Nine. Ooh. So, so I say, I don't know who Fearin is, but thanks. I don't really think you've heard that. Oh. I say, thanks. <laughs> Great. I thought I was thought I was dead there. Uh, what's your name again? Saluin? Yeah. Then I kiss her in the face. Okay. She kidding. she reaches down as soon as you start talking, Jim, and she passionately kisses you on the mouth. Oh. Really? Passionately, Jim's just like, oh yeah. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you don't leave your friends. <laughs> what does Jim do? Jim is surprised, but kisses does he back. Kiss her back. Kiss back. But he suddenly remembers every. I'm just kidding. Uh, he has no idea what's going on, but he uh, he's like too shocked to stop, but also too shocked to. Like reciprocate, so he's just okay. kind of like it's kind of like halfway uh, there. Okay, he's, he's like, halfway. Why, there. why are you? Okay, his mouth is <laughs> okay. just open. All right. Um. Yeah. He's, <laughs> Mark, you do see this happen. Uh, uh, Lorik flies up. Guy is. He looks up to Lorik as he's yelling out, and he sees him there. He says, "Lorik, I knew you wouldn't leave us." And then, feeling encouraged, he turns and he is going to cast a firebolt at that same wraith with advantage. Oh, nice! Is it because of Saluin's and Jim's kiss, or because of Lorik coming no, back? No, it's because of Lorik's. It's because he was inspired by Lorik. Oh, okay, give him okay. advantage. Okay. And it was a success. He hits him. Yeah, boy. And dude, bro, takes six fire damage. Yeah. What? Guy casts Firebolt, a small bolt of fire shoots out of his wand into the chest of Wraith Guy. And so the Wraith over by you, Sir Vance, is going to take his turn. And he is going to try and swipe you with his remaining sword slash arm. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Okay, I think it's a hit, actually. He rolled in a 21. That's a hit. You take eight damage. Not cool. It's funny, you can take a D10 if he's slashing with two hands. <laughs> he only has one. So you take eight <laughs> damage. Hand. And now it is your turn. I laugh in his face and swing my Odachi at his neck. Okay, roll it. I'm going to take off his head. Hit his neck in the face. It's an 18. He got an 18. Oh, that is a hit. Oh, boy. Oh, oh yeah. it's two sixes. Ooh. So what's the total? Oh, that's 17 damage. Oh, boy. A million billion. You swing your Odachi into his neck, and his head does not come off, but you have severed it most of the way. He is staggering back and sort of making a... <laughs> sort of sound as he's trying to pull himself back together. Trying to stay alive? Ah, uh, ah, uh, So alive. I attack again? Yes. This time you attack with advantage. That's natural a natural 20! 20. Oh, boy. Okay, he's dead because he only has six health, but you, you can roll if you want to. <laughs> oh, it's only three. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, it's dead. that's a dead. He's super dead. Okay, so how does it look? It looks like he's dead. <laughs> no, what happens is after he starts staggering backwards, mm -hmm. I stop the sword from the, on the, from the swing I was doing. And mm -hmm. turn the blade around and swing it back in the same line, just the other direction. Yes. And the sun of Palor on my blade shines. Mm. And I'll just sever his head off and there's a lot that beams out of his neck hole. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Awesome. And he is D-E-D -E -D dead. Dead. Killing. Yes. It is my it's turn. Your turn. I'm going to attack him with two swords again. That's a 10 plus 7? Miss. Oh, oh no, wait. Oh. Hold on. A 17? Nope, that's a hit. Oh, okay, okay, oh. sweet. Because he no longer has a shield arm. Yay! Okay. Get that shield out of here. Get it out of here. Oh, that one was a 15 plus 7. Both of them are hits. So 3d6s. Okay, I got two sixes and one five. Okay. Plus four. So, Jim, I'm going to kill you. So 20. Wow. 20 damage. Okay, Lorik, it is your turn. Lorik kills Jim. What? No. Hmm. Okay, how do you do it? Jim casts not being killed. <laughs> so there's one creature left, right? And his yep. name is Jim. It's the main one. Oh, man. 
Lorik is like just flabbergasted looking at Salu and like, what? Like, it, what? It, 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 does this just happen? And he's going to uh, fire magic missile at the remaining one at first level. Okay, roll it. That's a three, a two, and a three. So 11 again. Okay. And then he's going to start flying back up. Oh, wow. You turn around to leave. Everyone's okay, right? Everyone is up, right? And there's one monster left? At the moment. Yeah. Lork kind of, not to show the fact that he's about to start raging, flies up. He flies into a wall. Jim? Uh, I'd like to roll a performance check. As a free action? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay, roll it. No. I'm curious, honestly. (laughs) Okay. Natural one. It's a natural twin. I'm just kidding. It's a... Okay. It's a 17. Okay, you know, hey, nothing to complain about. As Jeremy shakes his head. Unless you're Lorik. Jeremy's just shaking his head. Okay. All right, Jim, what would you like to do? Saloon is still kissing you as your turn begins. Okay, so I stop and say, hey, we definitely need to revisit this, but... There's there's some things happening around us. Uh, man, I'm going to have so much to write in my journal later. <laughs> <laughs> but Feyeren, what, uh, what, where, are, where are we? Who's Feyeren? Is that me? What do you do? Do you take an action? You're going to take an action? So is there anything near me that's dangerous? There's a big guy about 10 feet away from you in combat with Kellen. Okay. I say, hey, uh, we'll, we'll sort this out soon. Believe me. And then I hug her as a free action. Okay. And then I cast Eldritch Blast at the thing. All right. Roll it. Okay. It's two beams. Yes. It's two beams. So roll that beautiful beam footage. (laughs) That's what Paul used to think it was. So I rolled a 19 on the first beam. Okay. First one hits. And a 13 on the second beam. Second beam misses. Okay. So for the first beam... I am going to do 1d10 force damage. Okay. It is one force damage. Okay. Are you serious? You stand up, Jim, uh, casting Eldritch Blast at this creature, but you're a little bit off your game. Mm. One goes wide and the other one is pretty weak. It's Saluan's turn. Saluan, looking around, she has a very confused look in her eye, and she says, Feyeren, where where are we? How how did we get here? I... Who are all these? She sort of takes a step, and when she does, she winces and puts her hand down to her side. And when she pulls it back, you notice Jim staying right next to her. There is blood flowing pretty freely from that wound on her side that was there earlier. She sort of stutter steps and then falls unconscious. Great. Just great. Not that Lorik would know. <laughs> He flew up one time, I'm just and kidding. he's already out of view. I don't think so. Well, you flew. See, the way it works is, it's like a stone wall. Uh huh. And you said you flew to the bottom of it, right there at the top of the steps. Oh, I see. And cast spells. So if I flew up, I would not be able to see the whole everything below me, just yeah. the bottom of the steps. Yeah. If you went thirty feet up, you're you're gone, out of sight. Okay. Cool. I can play peekaboo. <laughs> Down she goes. Now it is Guy's turn. Guy's going to continue casting Firebolt. It is also a hit. Yeah, boy. Get him. It is nine damage this time. Hey, yo. Guy's killing it today, guys. guys. He's very consistent. Now it is Servance's turn. Servance, there is one guy left. Well, there's two guys if you count Guy. How far away is he? You could get to him in 30 feet. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to swing my Odachi at him. Do it. Of course. That's a 23. Yeah. That is a hit, I believe. Let me check. Yeah, that's a hit. Okay, that's 13 damage. Okay. And then I'm going to attack again. Okay. Cut the pieces. <laughs> that's a 24. Whoop, whoop. That's also a hit. Servants, servancing. And that's 11 damage. You're wrecking this dude. He's cut up slow bleeding, black oozy blood from all over his body. And after you run up and you attack him, Servance, you notice that now on his chest, emblazoned on the chest armor that he's wearing, is the same symbol of Dervetter that the dwarf was wearing. Hmm. And it is like 
glowing with this silvery light. It doesn't look like it's printed or embossed on the armor. It looks sort of as if it's hovering just over his chest. And now it's his turn. And he is going to swing at Kellen first. Wow. He's going to hit you. How do you know that? Because he rolled a 25. Does that hit you? No. My season yeah. 44. Sure do. So you're going to take from that just uh, just five damage. It's not too bad. I ain't bad. That ain't bad at all. Text you again. This one's just a modified 21. Does that hit you? Uh, no. Okay. This time you're going to take 13 damage. Okay, oh. now that was cheating. Oh. Ow. Then he's going to use his bonus action. No. Okay. And he's going to attack you again. Okay, Paul. He whiz. Bring it on. Does a 16 hit your AC? Uh, your AC is a 16. Okay. It meets. So that is a hit. That means I'll take half damage, right? Ooh. No. How much damage? You take double damage. Okay. So <laughs> he looks really rough. He brings his sword up. He holds it upward in the sky after slashing you twice. And it burns with a black shadowy fire. And then he brings it down across oh, your chest. No. Okay. Oof. So you take 20 slashing damage. No, actually, that's not true. You take 10 slashing damage, and you take 10 necrotic damage. Cool. Helen's mm. dead. Are you up? Yeah. Nice. I didn't take any damage at the very beginning because I stood behind a rock. It's your turn. Good move. It's my turn? Yep. And you have advantage on attack rolls against this guy now. Sweet. That sounds great. First, I'm going to hit him for with my first sword. Oh, look at that. It's a natural 20 because I got advantage. Oh. I rolled a six, a five, a five, and a four. What's it look like? Well, he hits me pretty hard. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna bring one across his knee. So he like kind of buckles and I guess falls down to where I can get to his face. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna cut from the nose up off with my second sword. Ooh. Oh, yeah. boy. You just cleave his head in half oh my oh dang it sir vance i took a little bit too much off the top oh i get it because it was supposed to be a haircut it's a haircut kellen you bring your sword over and through his head clean cutting the top half of his head right off he's clean cut and as he falls down to his knees and then falls over onto the dirt you notice that glowing silvery symbol on his chest turn smoky and rise up off of his chest, and it sort of comes towards you, Kellen, quickly. Ah! Oh, no. And uh, you feel this stinging, burning sensation on your neck. Dang! Are we serious right now? And you become a zombie slave to Devetter. And now you are a zombie slave. <laughs> Just kidding. You have something burning you on the neck, like ah! a searing, oh. hot pain on your neck. I thought it was like... Like past. Okay, no, I'm trying to like take it off. No, it's itching and burning on your neck. Help! Help! But my neck! Ah! Ah! I'm like trying to take it off. Get it off of me! Ow! Servants. It hurts. Is you're standing is it burning him? Like is it on is, him? Is, is, it, there's, you can't see anything. You just see him grabbing his neck. You saw the smoky substance. It's gone now. But Kellen is sort of hopping around, holding his neck and ah! crying out that it's burning him. This hurts. Stand still. It hurts. Ow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna smack him in the face. You get his attention. What? What? It hurts. Let me see it. What? Calm down. I'm like grabbing on the Cervantes' arm. I'm like, it it's hurts. starting to cool off a little bit now. It's okay. starting to chill. All right. How? See, you were just being a big baby. You pull his hand back, and you see on his neck there is a symbol of Dervetter. The <laughs> Anvil of Dervetter is burnt onto his neck like a brand. I didn't know you were a dwarf. What? I'm a gnome, doofus. I've always been a gnome. What are you talking about? Then why is there why is there a brand of Dervetter on your neck? What? Lark, do you fly back into the room? Yep. He comes back down, wand raised like he was going to take another pot shot. Okay. I've never been. Mm. I've never been to Dervetter or uh, Demberhold or anything like that. You see Servants over there with Kellen. He takes a look at the room, sees that everything's dead, mm-hmm. and double flies <laughs> towards Jim with his wand raised. Okay. <laughs> Jim a little Karth. He sees everything's dead, including the girl. 
Yeah, as you flop, you see that Saluan is lying on the ground with blood oozing out of her stomach onto the floor. Lorik hits the ground and is taking off running towards Jim. How, how did you know her? Why didn't you tell me? And he's like down at her side and he's trying to like hold hold where the blood's coming out. Jim says, I don't know. She was calling me a name that I've never heard before, so I have no idea. She's hot and feverish. Vance, we need help. Sir Vance, Jim, stay away. Uh, he just, you can just see rage in his eyes. Jim backs away, but has a very concerned look as he is looking at Saluan. Okay. I also have a mysterious brand on my neck. Things are getting yes. weird here in the finale. Things are weird. I immediately cut the brand off of Kellen's neck. <laughs> yeah, just a little. It's only a flesh just a wound. Bit off the top, sir, Vance. Please. <laughs> All right, Lark. What are you doing to Saluan? Trying to quell the flow of blood out of her leg. Okay, roll and me. I'm going over there. I'm going over there. Okay, too. roll me a medicine check. That's a sixteen. Okay, you inspect the wound and you are trying to staunch the flow of blood, and you're packing it in. Maybe she has some things in her bag that you've seen that could be used for patching up wounds, and maybe you have some stuff. Whatever. Either way, the fact of the matter is... Do I? I have a potion, don't I? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you probably do. Yeah, that's we right. Y'all got potions. From... I think you each got one regular and one greater, one, right? Yeah, we got one regular and one super potion. Here's what I'm you... I'm going to take out... Well, before you do that, let me tell you what you get from your medicine check. 16. You know that this is the same wound from before. This is not a new wound she got in this fight. Okay. It's the exact same wound that Sir Vance has already healed with magic, and it's just still bleeding out. Okay. Guys, what if okay. we we take... Didn't she say those horns have magical properties or whatever? What if we took those out of her bag? Maybe that'll heal the wound. By, by doing what? Just holding it up to the wound? What I don't know. Grinding it? No, what? We wouldn't, know, we wouldn't have any way of... Of doing that, they have magical properties, but I don't think they're just inherently heal everything they touch. Obviously, we could we could try a potion, but Servant's already tried to heal her, and I don't know that I helped her. Did it help her at all for a little bit? Did it help for a little bit? Does anybody remember? And he's like, just holding both hands over the wound. It seemed to help. The blood slowed down at least. I know I remember that, right? Lorik takes out his greater potion of healing, opens her mouth. Okay. He gives it to her. Okay. What is it? Uh, how many is a greater potion? 44 plus 4. 44 plus 4. Okay. Roll me. 44. That's 48. 4 D4s plus 4. And up these D4s. 4, 8, 10, 13, 17 total hit points. Okay. So you gift her 17 hit points. And as you're pulling this potion into her mouth, she is coughing as it's running down her throat and kind of onto her face a little bit where it's spilling out where she's not swallowing the potion very well. And you notice that the blood does start to slow down and the hole in her side closes up some, but it does not close all the way. Blood is still flowing just a little bit. And she comes to... Oh. Uh, Feyeren. Uh, Jim. Uh, um, Lorik? It's me, Lorik. Uh, Saluan, are you okay? You are, I'm assuming, like, down on the ground, like, holding her head. What yeah. Are you? Okay. Pray to Lorik. Lorik. Uh, where? What? What happened, Lorik? You you left us, Lorik. I came back. I came in and out and and fired from the staircase. I I thought you were okay. Are 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 you okay? You, you said you were leaving. You said you were going to save the tree. Yeah. You're just going to leave us here. I thought you were fine. What? How did you get what? wounded? Uh, how did I fall? What is wrong with me? Why am I... Wait. Was... Fairin? Was he here? Was I... No. Where am I? What is hap... What's happening? No, nah, you kissed Jim. Saluan, it's a it's a fever. It's a fever. Kellen. You're, you're, you're imagining things. I, I, I need what? you to come with me. We, we need to get to the tree now. We need to go. The, it's starting to affect our mind. You're, started, you're sort of picking her up off the ground, I guess? Yep. You were calling me Fairin is... What, what, what's going on? Yeah, I, Lork I, pops open a potion of healing and, and drinks his own potion. Okay. The regular one. Yeah. Jim does the same because he is like dead. You taking superior regular? I want to quaff the greater. Okay. So forty-four plus four. So that's forty-eight. <laughs> Eight plus four is twelve. 
Is anyone else doing this? Sure, why not? I used my minor one to take me up to 39. Okay. So, so Lewin, I, I need you to come here. Come here. Uh, get, Ocean get, get on the broom with me. If you're going to do that, you'll just go ahead and roll them and tell me what you do. So you, you said you got 12 hit points back, Jim? Yes. And I'm going to take the other one, the regular one, because I'm still pretty weak. I'm just going to drink them both. Double fisting potions here. How much does the regular one give you? It's 2d4 plus 2, right? I'm going to take my little one. Is Charlie taking... Charlie's taking quite a bit of damage. Yeah, he took a pretty good chunk. I get 8 health back. Okay. Just enough. Kellen? I took the lesser one, and I got a 3 and a 4, and then plus... What is it? Three and a four plus two is what you get. So yes. that's seven total. A three and a four plus two is seven? Okay. That's nine. No, that's nine. no, you had a seven plus two is nine. Okay. All right. And then I'm going to give Charlie the, the greater one. Okay. God help us all. Guys, Paul is smiling. <laughs> well, I saw He it. would. I saw you smiling. <laughs> well, you. What's the point? I mean, I like to smile. I like to play Dungeons and Dragons. When the DM smiles, it's too late. Two fours, a three, and a four. No, not a four. That's a two. My bad. Couldn't see it. Two. Okay. Two fours. Eight, ten, thirteen, plus four, seventeen. Health goes back to Charlie. Woo! Guys, we should we should go, right? Yeah. So, Lewin, uh, I, I need you to get on my broom. Yeah. Guys, head up the stairs. I, I'll see you at the top, but I think I think the lot from the tree is the only thing that's going to stop her from, from losing her mind. Laurie, we... Losing her you mind. You can't She's, go in without us. I... I I, how do you know? Lark, listen, if you get up there and whatever we're supposed to be protecting the tree from is there, you and a wounded elf cannot stop it. You need Cervantes and the rest of us. You need us. Me too. He just looks wild-eyed. You don't look like you need us. You flew off pretty fast when we were down here by ourselves. Kellen, look, yes, he did. But I get why you left, Lark. I get it, but you need to... We need to go. You can't do it alone. Exactly. We've come this far together. We have to finish this together. I'll call my horse over and go and try to take Saluan from Lorik. The horse won't be able to take the stairs, Servance. I bet it would. No, he's right. This horse can't take the stairs. Darn it. (laughs) Can my horse take the stairs? Come on, Saluan. It's a flying horse now. Lorik starts flying with Saluan up the stairs. Look at my horse. My horse is amazing. Please hurry. Yeah, we, we need to go. I mean, if there's any telling from that vision, it's a long ways up. How far did you go, Lark? Uh, not far. I couldn't even see the top. Well, let's, let's go. We need to hurry. Okay, Guy starts walking. I get on Charlie's back and ride off majestically. Okay, you ride Charlie the whole 80 feet to the staircase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the way up. Are you riding Charlie up the steps? Yeah, yeah, Okay. Lark, are you flying? Yep, in the lead, just keeping them in sight. Jim? I am walking with them, you know, quickly, but cautiously. Servants, Roan can't climb the stairs. He's fine. I'll leave him at the bottom. Okay. You tell him anything? Stay here. <laughs> he just gives a little <laughs> bow of the head. What a great person. Thank you. You all take off up the stairs. Oh, I do want to ask Servants, Dude, what the heck is with this neck tattoo I just got? Because it hurt. Does it hurt? Yeah, you said that it was the mark of Dervetter. Like, what does that even mean? Am I am I gonna go like I mean, rogue or something or like? It means you're a dwarf now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the dwarves. Aren't you already rogue? Am I now? Is this how it works? What if I'm gonna turn into a zombie? Like, what if that actually happens? Don't worry, we won't let that happen. It's not a zombie symbol, it's a dwarvish symbol. But what if I turn into a dwarf? Like, my parents would not recognize me when I get back home, and, like, <laughs> that would be so weird. What's that uh, Pokemon attack where you, it's foresight or whatever? Yeah. Um, metronome? No, where they use the attack and, two like, two rounds later it hits. Future sight. Future sight, that's it, yeah. Yeah, the Wraith used future sight on you, <laughs> you're gonna die in, like, an hour. Oh, okay, cool. Ha! <laughs> You head up the stairs? Yes. I head up the stairs. Yes. You all are traveling up these stairs, and at first you're going as fast as you can. You're hurrying. Your hearts are pumping fast. Saluan is muttering to herself a lot. She's walking, or is she on the broom with Lark? She's 
She's on the broom with me. She says things that don't make any sense, just random words and sentences that you can't really piece together. She calls you a series of names that you've never heard before landing on Lorik when she tries to talk to you. She just lays over on your back a lot of times, just breathing heavily. So one time when she when she leans over on my back, like her face is up close to mine or whatever. Yes. I'm going to try to comfort her and, and keep her, you know, madness from going too mad. What does that look like? He's going to start softly singing an elvish melody, something, you know, that like elvish children would sing. Mm-hmm. Probably a song of Provolian, something something that all the children sing. Okay. And just real softly just try to try to keep her from losing it. Okay. Uh, give me a performance check. I don't even know what Lorik's performance is. It's probably just a nothing. It's a plus one. You sound like a screaming goat. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. It's only an eight. Okay. You don't notice any tangible difference in her state. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But she doesn't ask you to stop. So you all travel for a time. An hour. Two hours. Three hours. Oh, my gosh. I need you all to roll me constitution checks to see how hard this is. You're climbing steps. Should I roll it for Charlie? Uh, I'll roll it for Charlie. All right, cool. I'm not doing it, so. I rolled a 19 for Charlie. Yeah. Charlie's a horse. A check or a saving throw? Check. I got a 7. Lorik got a 17. Okay. Lorik, you you don't really need to roll one because you're flying. Yeah. Servants? 19. Okay. Guy rolled a natural one. Oh, no. Bye, Guy. Guy falls off the stairs and dies. Three hours into it, Guy lets out a yell, ah, and then falls onto the steps. He doesn't fall down the steps or anything, but he just hits the ground, and he is grabbing both of his legs, and he says, oh, my legs are cramping up. I, 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 they, I can't move them. Hurry, get him on Charlie. Get him up here. Can we both ride on Charlie with like that, or am I going to have to get off? Uh, I think we already said once before someone rode with you. Yeah, okay. Maybe it was. Yeah, I'm gonna try and also pull he's him, bigger. We'll try to pull mm-hmm. him up on Charlie. Okay, he's like lying on the ground with his legs drawn up. They're they're drawn up on him. Somebody help me get him on Charlie. I can't do it. Oh man, I'll go pick him up and put him on there. Okay, you put him up on Charlie. Jim, you are covered in sweat, and maybe you just didn't want to say anything, but you are so tired. Uh, Jim says something, guys. I'm tired. Is this is this one of those magical staircases that goes on forever, like in Mario 64? Oh, my gosh. No, this is like Hunter Hunter when they're running through that tunnel. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. my gosh, that oh, tunnel. <laughs> that, the worst. That, that hurt, that episode. That hurt me, yes. It did. It did hurt. Jim, you're, not, you're honestly not sure that you can keep doing this. Well, fine. I get off of Charlie and I say, right on, Charlie. I'll walk for a little bit. Good call. Thank you. Thank you for letting me use Charlie. Charlie, are you doing good? Yes, Kellen, I'm doing quite fine for now. I feel refreshed and strengthened by this place. I knew you were such a hoss. You're awesome. Thank you, (laughs) Kellen. You're not the worst either. He's not a horse. He's a bear. I said he was a hoss. You all get back up on your steeds and such. You've rearranged so those that are suffering can continue, and you continue forward. A fourth hour. A fifth hour. A sixth hour of climbing. Jeez. Oof. I need more constitution checks. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Even for the Charlies? Even for Charlie. So I'm pretty sure after four hours of climbing stairs, I would just lay down and take a nap in real life. (laughs) Yes, in real life, for sure. I'm pretty sure in real life, I just wouldn't. (laughs) In fact, I need this with disadvantage. Oh, disadvantage. That was a good roll. Wow. I got a better roll on my second roll than my first one what'd you got so i guess i don't really feel disappointed i got a 12 okay sir vance what did you get a five okay he got the five charlie got a 13 oh that's unlucky 17 14 okay good roll sir 14 plus 2 16 so you're doing pretty good you're still tired but you're not hurting all over yeah charlie is breathing heavily hmm. sir vance is sweating profusely Jim, compiled with the last time, your body is starting to ache, and you need some rest. So Jim takes a nap. I thought Jim was on Charlie. 
He is. He's still having to hold on to a bear while a bear climbs steps for three hours. Okay. okay. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. For six hours. All of you are physically exhausted. You need a break. And Guy says, guys, I, I need a break. We, we need to stop. Lorik lands at the front and slowly rests Lewin's head on his lap. She's she's conscious. So, Sir Vance, um, I think she she's still been bleeding. Do you think you could you could try some some more healing? Yes. And I I don't know how we we camp here, but probably need to. And I don't really want to. But I- there's a small platform between going up to the top of one staircase and turning on to the next one where you all could sit. You know, but it's definitely not big enough for you all to stretch out or anything like that. It's big enough for me to stretch out. Not with all of them there. I mean, and a big bear. I'm going to stretch out on one of the steps. I'm going to stretch out on one of the steps. Okay. Yeah. Or what are you all, what's your plan here? Rest. Short rest? Short rest or a long rest? Uh, short rest. That's... A long rest is what, eight hours? How long have we eight been hours. going, though? Like, we're getting close. Six hours? That's just climbing the stairs. How long have we been going since we slept? Well, uh, we haven't slept. Yeah, let's call it since you ate. How long has that been? Because that was like a long rest. So just to bring it into view here, it was a couple hours travel from the mushroom forest to where you guys ran into Saluan. It was a couple hours travel after that before you all reached the lake. And then crossing the lake plus the fight, we'll call it roughly another hour, maybe, maybe half an hour. Well, half an hour to cross the lake and then we'll call it Another 15 minutes for you guys finish the fight and head upstairs. So what is that? We've got somewhere, we're somewhere in the realm of, we'll say 12, 13 hours now since you all ate. That we've been going hard. Yes. And you know. That we have an hour or a day. That you have roughly 24 hours before the effects of the meal that you ate wears off. So let's say that we go, we take an eight hour rest and let's say that's roughly 12 hours. We've got 12, eight, that's 20. We got four hours to save the tree. Right? Mm-hmm. I think we take a short rest and we can travel on if we can. I, I don't know, Lork. I think maybe we should just no. go for the full rest. We can't camp here. We're <laughs> on it. We're on the steps. We're going to fall off if, we, if you fall asleep. The way you, the bear tosses and turns, I mean, we need to, we need to save the tree. We're going to run out of time. Says the person flying on a broom while we're all exhausted. We're all going to lose our minds. We'll take a short rest. I say we should take a short rest, just around half an hour to an hour. Get our bearings, eat a snack if we have any. Did anybody pick up some food from that table? And no, try, to tend to, try to tend to uh, Saluan. This riding and walking and movement can't be good for her and her state. Okay, Sir Vance, what do you think? We shouldn't take a long rest. We don't have long left on our magic food. I'd like to take a long rest, but I mean, I, I hear what you guys are saying. Maybe we should just... Let's just take this time, let's rest, and let's maybe grab some food, like Jim said, and go from there. Jim pulls out his decanter of endless water and tries to see if Saluan will take any. She gladly accepts it. Thank you, Jim. I'm forever indebted to you. And also, I'm sorry about my behavior before. Oh, no, no, it's okay. Uh, so I'm not Faroon? Feyerin, no, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, we, we were speaking before about someone that was very dear to me, if you recall. Yes, and that's not me, just making sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I mean, we're, we're friends, Jim. His name was Feyerin. Well, you know, I thought maybe that was my name some time ago because I can't remember anything, but... Oh, really? Yeah, well, I can remember some things, but... You know, maybe it was an alias or something in my time of no memories. But, you know, I'm glad to know that my memories haven't gone that far. So so, so we take a short rest. Lorik yes. is going to be extra perceptive during it, watching up and down the stairs. Okay. Everyone can just click the short rest button, spend any hit dice that you'd like to spend to bring your health back up to max. I'll just leave that in your hands so you can do that on your character sheet. Um, like Lark, I know that you can restore a few spell slots that way and things like that as well. So I'll let you all take care of that during the short rest. During this time, each of you are gathering, you know, getting some food. Jim gives some water to Saluan. Maybe the rest of you get some water as well. Saluan sets to working on the horn some more. 
and she still seems a little out of it, and she'll just pause and look around at all of you and sort of look at you like she doesn't know who you are, but then she'll shake it off and then continue working on her horn. Hey, can I do, like, maybe a, I don't know, would it be insight or investigation on this tattoo on my neck? Well, you can't see it. You got a mirror? I don't know. I mean, uh, you don't have a mirror. Okay. So you can't really see it. You could have someone describe it to you. Can I have, like, Guy or something? Yeah, I was about to say. You can have Guy look at it, and he will explain to you that it's just, it's exactly what Servant said. It's the it's the anvil of Dervetter. It's the same symbol that was on the chest of the guy you were fighting. It's the anvil and the hammer and the crescent moon on it. And it looks like a silver tattoo slash brand on your neck. You touch it, and it feels a little bit cold. Wow. But you have no idea why it's there. Hmm. This is weird. Hope that doesn't come back to bite us. I have a feeling, guys, I think I've been branded for death. I think I think that that could be a risk for us. Oh, so you're just going to kill me? That Let's sounds kill cool. him. No one, no one said that. Okay, look, guys. We... Sir Vance just did. <laughs> It's it's been about an hour. We should probably make our way. Sounds good to me. Let's do it. You all gather up and you travel on. An hour. Two hours. Three hours. Jeez. What in the world? Around the third hour, as you guys are starting to feel tired, you notice something, especially Sir Vance and Guy. You notice that it's dark in here, okay? This guy has been using the dancing lights cantrip. There's no light coming in through these black stone walls, and it's enclosed in on either side, and above you is the next staircase. Below you is the one you're walking on. I mean, it's an enclosed area. The mm-hmm. air is very stale. There's no light. But you begin to notice that at first you can't really pick it out, but it's like your eyes are sort of starting to adjust, Servants. And it's as if the walls and the steps are taking on a sort of glow. Oh. Not bright at first, but you continue forward from the third hour. You notice this, and by the time you've gone a fourth hour, it is steadily getting brighter. It's as if the stone itself is emanating a soft glow of a pure blue light. Interesting. Guy speaks up. Is it getting brighter in here? Definitely. Uh, what are y'all talking about? Look, look at look at the steps. Like, you see that? You can all see it. Oh yeah, it's, it's kind of like glowing. What where, is where, this, Jim? Have you ever seen anything like this? We're probably getting close. No, this is this is nice to have something that's not just stairs. <laughs> They're glowing stairs. Yeah, it's been stairs now for what? Ten hours? It's stairs all the way down. Literally, we've got to be getting close, but we're, we're almost out of time. You walk mm. for another hour. We're going to call this somewhere around the 23rd hour since you guys ate. Oh, my goodness. In normal situations, you would be exhausted physically. You're all tired from the exertion of what you've been doing, but you've dug deep and you've climbed these stairs, and you firmly believe that if you had not eaten from the acorn of Ovi, you would never have been able to do this. You would not have made it to the top in time, and you would have lost your mind before you got there. I mean, it's black. It's dark. But as you're climbing and climbing, the stone begins to glow brighter and brighter, and soon the entire stairway is lit with radiant, multicolored light. Guys, we're almost there. And you climb one final staircase. Ooh. And it turns, and there's a short staircase leading into an open hallway. Lorik leads the way. He flies straight up. Wait. Let's, uh, let's be careful here. If, if this is the way to the tree, there might be another trap. He's got a good point. Lark flies in. Lark, you zip into the room on the broom. These guys coming up behind you walking cautiously. And you see a large hallway. The walls are comprised of the same material as these stone staircases are that are now glowing with this multicolored light. And there's a large door at the end of this hall. And it seems to be composed of many different materials. It is black, gold, 
some of it looks like a sort of cobblestone substance. Some of it looks like petrified wood, and it's just a mishmash of all these different materials forming these two great doors that come together and seal in the middle. And in the middle of this door, at about eye level if you were standing there, which is probably a 15-foot-tall door, it's huge, there's embossed a large coat of arms in the form of a shield. And the shield is split into four quadrants. In each of those quadrants, from top left to the bottom right, is the son of Pelor, the Triquetra of Atonia, the Anvil of Dervetter, and Lark, you recognize the Scallop of Prevalian, each the symbol representing the four gods of Monumi's pantheon. Um, guys, there's, there's, there's a door up here, and he starts slowly flying towards it. You step into the room. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like tiptoeing. Do you land your broom, Lark? Yes. Put it on my back. Okay. You land your broom. Saluan steps off. She just sort of steps over to the side and she's muttering to herself and she immediately digs into her bag, pulls out the horn and goes back to working on it with her knives, just sort of talking to herself in the corner. The rest of you step into the room and you see the shield with these symbols on them as well. Saluan, we're about to help you. And Lorik walks up to the door. Okay. What are the rest of you doing? I am examining that door as closely and carefully as a human can, or a half-elf can. Okay. Same. I'm sure. Why not? You step forward. Good. Hey, Lord, help us. And he puts his hand on the seal? Which one? The shield is very large. Oh, it's big. And sort of these four different quadrants with these four different symbols. So what do you do? He's going to touch... Specifically. Paylor symbol and push. Nothing happens. Weird. It's it it's it's stuck. Servants. He puts his hand on Prevalian symbol and pushes. It zaps you. Oh. Ow. Jim says, "Let me try something," and he touches a Tonia symbol. It zaps you. Jim cries. Uh, Paylor's didn't hurt me though. Touch a uh, Jim. Um, maybe maybe you should try the pay. Paylor's as well? You're human. Half human, half elven. Uh. I touch Paylor's as well. Nothing happens. Hey, uh, Kellen, will you come here and, and, and touch this symbol for me? And he points to Dervetters. Mm, I don't know I'm going to touch that one. I probably should touch the Atonia's because, you know, I'm a, I'm a gnome. I'm going to walk up and touch Atonia's and push on it. Is it high enough for him to touch? Or is he high enough for it to is touch it? it? Can yeah, someone... he, can, he can get it. Okay. Maybe Charlie helps you a little bit. There you go. All right, so I touch it. Okay, you get your hand on it, and um, it zaps you. What? Uh, see? That I, didn't make any I, sense. I told, I, I told you you should touch the vetters. I mean, you have a tattoo. I'm, yeah, but I'm not a, a dwarf. That doesn't make any sense. Touch it. Touch it. Fine, whatever. I, I go to touch it. You touch it. It feels very cold for a second. Your neck feels very cold, and then it zaps you. What the heck? You're a dwarf now, I told you. I'm not a dwarf, Servant. Shut up. I'm a gnome. I'm a I'm a I'm a norf. I, I, it, it, so the symbol will let me touch uh Paylors, but not not the other ones. Um Charlie, can can you touch Atonia's? I'm sorry, but I'm not touching that. Uh good choice, Charlie, because it zapped me. Do you know what this is, Charlie? This doesn't seem like a bear puzzle. Saluin, Saluin, Saluin. Um, hey, I, I need your help. I know, Just, you, I know I'm, you're busy. I'm busy. busy. A few more I, minutes. I know you're almost there, but I, I need your help. No, I'm busy. But we can't. Um, Jim, Jim, try the other symbols and see if you can touch any of them. Uh, Jim carefully touches all the symbols. And every one of them zaps you, Jim. Why you do this? <laughs> New phone, who Jim, did you're, you're not welcome here, apparently. Servants? Uh, I touch Paylor's. Servants, you step up. You put your hand on Paylor's crest. Yeah. Why didn't we start with this? <laughs> the symbol of Paylor on your chest begins to burn golden bright in tandem with the sun on the door. They burn bright together, and then a bright tone sounds along with a click inside the door. 
Oh. Why didn't we start with the paladin of Paylor touching the Paylor symbol? I mean, you guys were trying to get Saluin to do it. I, it while, I wanted Saluin. Cervantes is standing there. Saluin to touch Atonia's. Now, Paylor's symbol is glowing golden. I take my hand off. All right, who's next? Cervantes, you feel like you're radiating with divine energy in the form of inspiration. <gasps> oh, I'll take that. Okay. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to put my hand on Dervetter's symbol. You put your hand on Dervetter's symbol. Well. It turns cold and then it zaps you. Wrong order. Wasn't the one on the top right Prevalian? Atonia. Oh, Atonia. Touch Atonia's. Yeah, Kellen, I think you should try Atonia's again. Don't you know how a clock works? You are the grandson of the Archdruid. Okay. Sure, whatever. I go to do that. Charlie gives you a little boost. Mm-hmm. You climb up. You put your hand on the triquetra of Atonia, and the symbol begins to glow an orangish red color, as does the one on your new armor. Yeah. Oh. Followed by a happy little tone and a click inside the door. Oh, it's a happy tone. I love happy tone. Uh, uh, Jim. Yes. You think you think you want to try Prevalians again? I don't think it'll work, but I'll try it, so I'll touch it. Isn't Dervetter's on the bottom left, you idiots? Yep. Quit calling them idiots. <laughs> He's like, idiots. You're all idiots. Here we go again. I'm going to put my hand on Dervetter's. Okay. You put your hand on the anvil of Dervetter, and as you do, you feel the room grow cold. And your neck explodes. Oh, jeez. And the smoky substance that burned you before comes rising up off your neck. And it flows into the anvil of Dervetter, and the symbol glows with a silver light, followed by a smoky hiss, and then a click inside the door. Aw, I kind of like the tattoo. I might have to get that if I survive. Your dwarfhood has been revoked. I'm no longer a dwarf! Yay! Lorik walks up to Prevalians. Uh, Jim, it's either me or you. And he puts his hand on it. Saluin steps forward right before you do. Oh, Lark, are you... Huh? What are you... Wh- she puts her hand to her head. She says, are you sure that's a good idea, Lark? Are you... No, uh, it's... Well, Lark. Saluin, it's probably a, a terrible idea, but I... What if it hurts you? It won't hurt for a minute. <sighs> Maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we should just turn around. How... Okay, I, you turn around. I need to heal you. And he puts his hand on the door. Lark, wait. And an unnatural tune sounds from the door. As the scallop of Prevalian glows blue like the sea. But then it begins changing from one color to the next. And you know that the scallop of Prevalian has multiple colors across the top of it. And the moment that your hand touches the emblem, your head snaps back and your eyes burn with a piercing, bright blue light. Oh no. And you feel the same electric power that you felt the moment that you touched the lantern of Prevalian in the heart of Venthaven. The rest of you see, as from Lark's eyes, mouth, ears, and hands, no. comes a brilliant blue fire that pours out from his body as he lets out a scream. Ah! And the fire pours out from him into the scallop of Prevalian embossed on the door. And after a few moments, the last of the fiery magic pours out of Lark, and he drops onto the floor. It swirls around the room as it's being sucked into the door. And as this whirlwind of flame and power radiates over the top of you all, and Lark is on the ground, Saluin falls to her knees and wraps her arms around him. The last of the flame disappears into the scallop, and it lets out a final tone, and then there's a last click in the door. Lark! Wake up, Lark! Wake up! The door opens. As it does... A blinding bright light fills the room. Each of you cover your eyes, but it seems as if the light will consume you. It's so bright that your flesh does nothing to protect you from it. Your hands over your eyes, it's like they're not even there. It's a bright and warm light on your skin, almost hot. Blinded by this light, disoriented and confused, suddenly you feel a lurching feeling in your gut, and then everything fades to white. We died. And that is where we're going to end this episode. You're the worst. The worst.
This is it. Oh my gosh. This is the end. I can't believe that we're here. I hope you're ready for it. I'm not. Next week. Thank you for listening to Make Believe Heroes. If you enjoy our show, you should leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That's a huge help to us. Also, you can email us now to our new email address, which is letters at makebelieveheroes.com. We'll have a link to that in the show notes, along with a link to our new website, which is right now very bare bones, but will eventually be launching probably with season two with hopefully a lot of new content and things that you guys can see and new ways that you can interact with us. If you'd like, you can go on there and subscribe to our email list and we'll send out a message whenever the website launches along with maybe some contest things, perhaps. Cool. Before we go, there's one more thing I wanted to mention. We often give a shout out to BattleBards.com on the show for all of their great tabletop sound effects and music. You know, ones like this and these. And some of this right here. You know the ones. If you're interested in using some of these crazy sound effects or some of the beautiful music that BattleBards can provide for your game, you should go right now to BattleBards.com. They've begun a subscription service called BattleBards Prime which gives you access to hundreds of tracks that are incredible for your table. In fact, if you go right now and use the coupon code MBHPODCAST, you can get 15% off your BattleBards Prime subscription. So go right now and use the code MBHPODCAST to start using fantastic audio today with 15% off. And it'll also help us out. We promise you won't be disappointed. But for now, we'll see you next week. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Hasta la pasta.